Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Truth That Heals podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez. And for today's episode, I'll be interviewing our special guest, Sofia Diaz, who will be sharing her story of going through a very difficult divorce and how things spiraled downwards for her, but also how she was able to find resilience and do amazing things with her life and overcome all of those struggles that she was facing. So stay tuned for this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth That Heals podcast. For today's episode, I'm here with Sofia Diaz. Sofia, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Ryan. I'm super excited to be here. So, Sofia, I was reading a bit of your bio, and it says that you're an international speaker. You have also overcome so much difficulties and negativities in life, and and now you're doing fashion, you're a chef, uh, you're doing music. Uh, it sounds like you are an amazing person doing so many amazing things. And in this interview, we want to hear all about your story. Does that sound good? It sounds wonderful. Okay, so I was reading your your bio, your story. And unfortunately, like many of the other survivors in this uh, podcast who come as guests, there were difficulties that you have encountered. Uh, can you share with us um, some of those difficulties that you have encountered? What what were those things that have been hard in your life, if you're willing to share? Well, one of the greatest and the only biggest challenge in my life was specifically created by a person who was closest to me, a former spouse. Um, who strategically, with the help of um, nine other people who were all close friends, I knew all of them, he strategized my demise. Um, He strategized uh, to have me killed um, whilst we were living together in a marriage. And um, it was very challenging because this former spouse controlled every aspect of my life. I worked with him, I traveled with him. He knew my ins and outs. And instead of just asking me for a simple divorce in, you know, in Chicago, where I moved to work in his business, uh, I was abandoned essentially in a country, which is uh, America, where I have no family ties 
and um, just a handful of friends. And uh, it was extremely challenging on every front psychologically. I mean, I knew what he was up to, but I did not realize that I would be abandoned as how an ignorant person abandons their pet on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, I had a few dollars in my bank account. He wiped out my retirement investment checking savings account. I had no access to a credit card. Uh, all of my airline miles um, for about um, 18 years, I gave a lot of my, all of my business to United Airlines, which I absolutely, I love work, uh, flying with them. And I had a few million miles. So all of my miles were wiped out. So essentially, picture yourself in a position, you're in a foreign country, the home that you're living in is under foreclosure. You have no money at all and you have no airline miles. So I, he, he essentially just left me to die because in a situation like that, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of uh, courage, uh, determination to, to bring yourself out of that shop. And um, I could, I wasn't even able to fly out to meet family in London, or you know, fly out to meet close friends in New York. I was on. I called up United Airlines one morning, as I wanted to see my friends face to face and explain to them the challenge that I was put in. And the staff at the other end of the phone just said, "Miss Diaz, you have zero miles." To your in your account so you know that was the strategy i was just left to die mm -hmm. and, and that's so the it, core of it that's the gist of my story I was, so he just abandoned you and he took all your miles and your money yes okay now that sounds very one depressing of course also traumatizing and the betrayal that that is involved uh that's a very difficult experience for anybody to go through um but yet you were able to still overcome uh can you share with us a little bit about uh maybe what were the steps in life that helped you to get out of that dark moment in your life psalm 23 psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd, though I walk through the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil. Psalm 23 was a psalm that I grew up in, you know, uh, reading um, throughout my boarding school. And um, uh, I would not have been here. I would not have survived the brutal um, situation that I was strategically, brutally put in without the help of the American people, without the help of my friends from every corner of the world who supported me, friends from South Africa, India, Chicago, England, Italy. You know, um, I didn't have funds to purchase groceries for myself, let alone pay for my gym, food for my three pets, uh, three cats that I have that I adopted from Paws and Anti Cruelty Society, 
They have been with me since 2009. And a large dog, a Bernese Mountain dog, if any of your audience is familiar with a Bernese Mountain dog, those breeds of dogs are big boned. So yeah. he was 165 pounds. He's, he was, he passed away in May, but you know, we were inseparable. He was my best friend. We did everything together. And, you know, his food, his vet visits, I mean, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And I just did not have, uh, there was no, I had to essentially grow up. I had to read my Psalm 23, roll up my sleeves, pick up my phone and just ask friends for work to give me a job. So you, you mentioned the... the how prayer or the, the psalm, how it, it's helped you to perhaps, let's say, give you some anchor in life, give you some strength. And then you mentioned also how during that separation with your husband, you know, you couldn't see your friends. He took all your miles away. He really, he really left you in a dark and difficult situation. Uh, can you share with us uh, how did it feel when friends did uh, talk to you? And, and you know, because sometimes when people are in a dark period in life, it's hard to reach out to friends because maybe there is uh, shame or maybe there's a feeling of, uh, you know, maybe there won't be a connection. But it sounds like your friends from from all parts of the earth, they were very welcoming. How did that feel? It felt really good, but I have to say, Ryan, that some of the closest friends that regularly came, dined at my home, wined at my home, and were close, those friends never returned my calls for help. So I have had my fair share of friends absolutely not even owning that they knew me. So, you know, it goes both ways. Um, I was um, I was really very grateful to all of those friends who reached out. There was one girlfriend, she put her credit card down for my gym. You know, I, I used to attend the East Bank Club gym where I exercised regularly two times a day, morning and evening. And then another girlfriend put her credit card for my dry cleaning. And another one put her credit card down at Chris's which is a pet food, a pet shop in um, Chicago and Bucktown. So whatever I needed for my four pets, you know, it was all taken care of. So that's beautiful. That Well, first, it's beautiful that you had friends who were there in your darkest moments, in your hardest times. And at the same time, it's it's a sad reality when you see that, People who you think are your friends, they dine with you, they laugh with you, and they have a good time. But when you're at your lowest points, there sounds like they didn't even know you. Oh, there was zero communication. Oh. No calls were ever returned. And if they did see me across the street, they would walk by pretending that they hadn't seen me. So, you know, God sort of uh, lets you know who who your friends are in in uh, very challenging situations 
So after your separation, it sounds like he really left. He really left you, as you said, for dead. He really left you in a dark place. Um, you're losing your friends, and you're seeing who your true friends are. Uh, what happened next it, during your journey towards becoming this resilient and powerful woman that you are today? Well, I did file for divorce twice, and uh, my I had excellent attorneys uh, may god bless them they all did a fantastic job and we were in my autobiography i wrote about room 3010 and i also wrote a song called room 30 welcome to room 3010 in my album bulletproof and room 3010 depicts the horror the brutal brutalization of a human soul that the presiding judge embarked upon for four years. Uh, we were before a female judge in room 3010 at the Daily Center, Cook County, and the presiding judge uh, took, um, took it upon her that I had zero rights. I had rights to no marital funds. Uh, she even asked me to get a job as a court reporter in her courtroom. During the height of COVID, people were committing suicide. Mm -hmm. People were losing jobs. People were in a depressed state. And uh, the judge had her own agenda. She, there was a clear conflict of interest. Um, when my former spouse uh, made a petition to sell the marital home without any evidentiary hearing, she put the house for sale. There were about $20 million unaccountable for, and that was the only roof over my head. And she gave the job of a realtor to sell my home to her close and best friend. And in the in the judicial system, in the law society, all the attorneys know the judges and they know their personal lives at times. And my attorneys, a few of them clearly suggested that uh, the realtor and the judge were close and personal friends. So the realtor got the job and I think she made about $65,000 after, after selling my home. And, uh, um, the judge went, I think, I believe, and I write about this in detail, she went above and beyond her power as a judge. And some of the attorneys clearly said that the, the power of being a judge had gone to her head and she almost felt like she was God. <laughs> so each time she would see me in the courtroom, um, she would berate me, yell at me, scream at me, humiliate me, insult me, yell at me. And my attorneys had no clue why she was behaving this way. Suffice to say that, um, you know, she had other things on her agenda. So I, in your story so far, you've, you've lost your spouse, the betrayal, you've lost your friends. And now even in the judicial system, it seems like everybody is making your life a living hell. Mm -hmm. um, 
what kept you, uh, you know, you know, you've already mentioned the Psalm 23, but what actions did you have to take to, to find uh, strength? Because that's, that's just such a dark moment. And I think that maybe um, many in the audience may be wondering, you know, what, what did you do? where did you find the, the strength to overcome this? Like I knew it from my heart that, you know, I, I've done nothing wrong. I did not steal, cheat, lie, or cause anybody any harm. So my conscience was clear. And I knew that this too shall pass. And all I had to do was really work hard on myself. Um, I continued doing the charitable work that I did. I was, um, I am still on the women's board, Catholic Charities. So we did a lot of charitable work at the Madonna House in Chicago, you know, I would host um, arts classes for younger children, cooking demonstration classes for destitute mothers. And then, you know, the work went on to the House of the Good Shepherd. And I also, on a monthly basis, would cook gourmet dinners at home and transport it with, with the help of a team of people, mm. transport it to the residents of the Tent City, which is on the street of Canal and Roosevelt on the south side of Chicago. So that kept me very grounded too, you know, because these are just human beings put in very challenging uh, situations and they just live in tents in a place called Tent City. So let me get this straight. So while there's turmoil all around your, your life and different aspects of your life, you still find the time to serve others, is that correct? Absolutely. How did that make you feel where you were able to serve others and see the smiles on their faces? God's people, you know, it's called paying it forward. And I've been doing it all my life. I've done, uh, I've been working and volunteering in ghettos. I've traveled all across Africa. I chaired the Children's Cancer Foundation charitable uh, organization in China. Um, recently, last year, I was in the south of India, Trivandrum, and I volunteered at a special school called T Travancore School, where they housed um, autistic and severely Down syndrome um, uh, and challenged, uh, physically challenged children. Uh, and right after that, I volunteered at a home for the elderly, the abandoned elderly, you know, people in their 90, 95 years old um, who really have nowhere to go. So they, you know, live in this nice home and they are cared for many other people, uh, Ryan, who give their time and their energy and their money to take care of these um, elderly people. So you've really, you've really given even though you don't have much, it sounds like you're still giving your talents and you're still helping so many people. Thank you for um for doing that because I know that that is challenging, you know, uh, taking care of especially the elderly, those who have been forgotten. And I I know uh, from my own experience um, that they they must have some joy seeing someone who cares and is with them, especially in their last days. So again, thank you for making making the time for these people. And 
you sound like it, it sounds like you have been going through so many difficult circumstances, but I'm just so amazed that despite all these difficult circumstances, you feel you still find time to do extraordinary things. So we've we've talked about uh, right now your charity, uh, you know, being generous with your talents, your gifts. Uh, but now I kind of want to start asking about your other talents because you've mentioned um, music and I I would like to to ask how did that talent come about was that just something new after all of this uh, trauma experience or did you always have a love for music I, I always did have a love for music and in boarding school I did you know sing for the choir but I'm not professionally trained uh, music came about as, um, you know, by accident. I was uh, in Turkey, in Istanbul, mm -hmm. and I was working out of a factory in Bursa, B-U-R-S-A. Uh, they have the finest clothiers in the world in Bursa, and I have lots and lots of good friends in Turkey. So I would go back and forth from Istanbul to Bursa and back to the hotel, and I was sitting in the hotel balcony one evening and um, you know uh, the plight of uh, a lawmaker from England who's a dual citizen of Great Britain and Iran her name is Nazneen uh, Zaghari Ratcliffe a very prominent uh, lady uh, many presidents and prime ministers worked tirelessly for her freedom she was um, held against her will in Iran for six and a half years and um, I wrote a song for her in French called Psalms Ventoi, which is Psalm 23. And I changed the lyrics and I wrote my own lyrics where I'm questioning our then Prime Minister of Great Britain, Mr. Boris Johnson, as to where is the justice for Nazneen Ratcliffe and where is the justice for, you know, the people living on the streets in tent cities. So it was just a very, um, uh, you know, a very, uh, it's like a dialogue with various people. And uh, I was very fortunate to have had the opportunity to work with one of the finest music producers in the world uh, who has produced music for very many people. His name is Clive Hunt. And uh, I called Clive. And I said, Clive, I've got this one single and I want to come and record it at Tough Gong Recording Studios in Jamaica, where I spent very many holidays there growing up as a child. And I have a really deep connection with the people over there. And uh, Tough Gong is one of the most sought after recording studios in the world. It was uh, you know, built by the late uh, Robert Nesta Marley. We know him as Bob Marley. And Clive said, well, come over. And I said, sure. And one week after I was in Kingston working with some of the finest, the most sought after musicians in the world, all under one roof. It took about 32 people to get once one single, including four music engineers. And I had another great privilege of working with a Grammy award-winning music engineer called Shane Brown, 
who's a dear friend, and he worked on the Bulletproof uh, album. So it, this is an album. It's not just a single. It's a whole album that you have. Oh, Some Went Up was a single. Okay. So I recorded that in 2020, and then Bulletproof uh, came out. I recorded it in 2022. So here, here's something that I'm really enjoying about your story is that you know well first of all the sad part you know we we hate to hear the the difficulties but that's part of your story and it's just amazing for me as a listener to hear you doing all these endeavors like you said earlier that you've written your story you've uh you you have your music going you're doing fashion and these are things that people dream of uh, for example, people will say, and this is actually me earlier. I was saying, man, I hope I win the lottery. If I were to just have a thousand dollars, I would be doing this. I would be doing that. And in your story, you lost everything and you still went, you still went for it. Uh, what was it in you? Was it a thought? Was it an emotion that kept you persistent? was my faith your faith my unshakable faith in god in the holy bible there is no there's no way in the bible i've reread it several several times giving up is not mentioned in the bible failure is not a word in there faith is unshakable faith and you really have you really do have unshakable faith i do Yes. And it shows through all that you're doing and with the music. Um, can you share with us a little bit about your album? Because you've already spoken about uh, Psalm 23. And then uh, what what can the listeners find in, uh, is it Bulletproof? Bulletproof. Yeah. What, what can they discover in this album? Well, it's a seven track album. I wrote all the lyrics myself. Each song is based on real life events that occurred in my life. And um, uh, I'm available on about in about, I think I'm distributed in 22 countries. And, you know, the official music videos are on YouTube and Vivo and, and I'm on Spotify and Deezer and all of these uh, platforms. Uh, the album Bulletproof is not sugarcoated. It's, you know, lock and load, mate. <laughs> you know, this is real life. This happened. This happened to me. I lived through it. Did I suffer? Yes, God, I did suffer. Relentless suffering was upon me from every side, but orchestrated by one human being. One human being who was a former spouse, ex-spouse, orchestrated everything in his power to to have me killed mm -hmm. and he failed miserably yes of course he got all the money and i'm sure he's enjoying it somewhere in china but it is what it is a uh, bulletproof does not define sofia diaz what defines me is today the present as you said the consistent work that i've done you know just working with homeless people for the last 20 30 years of my life uh, you know, that that itself suggests that I celebrate God by celebrating his people. 
you know, I don't really have to go to church um, every day, um, you know, to show my um, faith. Uh, serving a complete stranger some good food on the streets is the same act as going to mass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And was there ever a period during this during this darkness where you you felt like saying, you know what, forget it. I'm I'm going to lose my faith or I'm going to just step away. I'm going to step away from the faith. Uh, did you ever have any thoughts like that cross your mind? And if so, how were you able to uh, get through that? No, that thought never crossed my mind. So you've really been uh, grounded with, um, as you said, with scripture and with uh, reaching out. Um, I, I think that you are really showing a, a good example. And lastly, I before we start wrapping things up, uh, you've also mentioned that you have fashion. I do. Uh, what is that? How is that going? Is that uh, is that also something that's? Did you learn that from boarding school, or is this something that? Is My new? mother was a clothier, so I started you know creating and designing at a very early age, and I started a small company called DS Designs, you know, uh, creating sunglasses and unisex clothing line, um, you know, for um, you know, it's um, fashion is. Uh, it's a matter of um, choice, you know. So uh, I have unique designs that I create for special clients. And um, it is what it is. It it makes me very happy creating things, writing books. And um, culinary is also something else that gives me great joy. I've traveled. I've been very fortunate and blessed to have been able to study at some of the finest culinary schools across the world and also in um, you know homes of people you know who teach who give uh, culinary um, classes in Paris and Sardinia in Italy Switzerland England India China uh, Chicago at the Le Cordon Bleu uh, so you know that's another great passion, another great way of serving God by serving his people. Well, it sounds like you have so many uh, fruitful adventures going on in your life. That's amazing. I've been busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you, like now that we're coming like, towards the end, uh, what advice do you have for uh, perhaps other women or even other men or anybody out there who is in a situation where they feel that they've been betrayed and they feel like they can't get out of this rut. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Uh, don't be ashamed to ask for help. Asking for help is the most courageous thing that you would ever do. Asking for help is, it takes a lot of courage and strength. 
the answer from the other side might be no, but don't stop asking for help. It's the bravest thing that you can do for yourself, for your children, for your family. I never stopped asking for help. I did get rejected though, several times. That that was a beautiful answer. I think um, even I needed to hear that. So thank you. Um, and where can the audience, where can I find your books, your music? Uh, is there one website or how does that work? SofiaDS.com. SofiaDS.com. And all my books are on uh, Amazon. The autobiography is called Blondie Proof, which when translated into English is called Bulletproof. And then the music is everywhere. It's on Amazon Music, Google Music, Apple Music. Pandora, iTunes. And you have you have your own YouTube channel also? Yes, I believe it's called Sophia Diaz. Okay, so the audience, go and subscribe, like, and uh, <laughs> go to Sophia Diaz's page so we can uh, you know, promote your work because it sounds like uh, you're doing so many amazing things. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. And to the audience, thank you for listening. This has been the Truth That Heals podcast with Sofia Diaz. And I'm your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez. Have an amazing day. Hello, listeners. This is the host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez. And I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listening to this episode with Sofia Diaz and for all of your support. Again, I wanted to remind you, go ahead and check out all of the links of Sofia Diaz. I'll be putting that in the show notes. And if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. If you are listening to this podcast through uh, Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform, please feel free to leave a review, hopefully a five-star review, as that really helps to boost this podcast. Again, thank you so much to all of the guests who have been on this podcast, like Sofia Diaz, and I want to give a special thank you to the audience who have been with me, especially those who have been with me from the beginning. You are the best. I love you all. Have a fantastic day. Peace.